0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Indie Talk Wrestling Podcast, and as of course, as always, I am your host, Paul Martinez, and we're going to talk about three very good shows this week, Ring of Honor TV, which is uh, easily the best episode since they have gone to Destination America, we'll also talk, of course, as always, as my favorite show, Lucha Underground has a new episode. And we're going to cap things off in our main event with Ring of Honor's Best in the World 2015. Quite a show headlined by one of the most well-built matches I've seen in a very long time. Which of course is Ring of Honor World Champion Jay Briscoe versus Ring of Honor World Television Champion Jay Lethal in a title versus title match. And uh, I cannot wait to talk about that match. But you guys are going to have to wait. But luckily, you won't have to sit through uh, some boring talk because we have some great stuff to talk about before then. We're going to start it off with Ring of Honor TV. This aired on Destination America on uh, June seventeenth, 2015. And opens up with the decade, Adam Page and B.J. Whitmer uh, versus War Machine. And uh, Whitmer comes out with a mic, which seems to be almost every time we see him now. He tells Colby Carino to take his place again. And then uh, Adam Page winds up tagging him in and jumping off the apron and leaving him there alone. As War Machine completely destroyed poor Colby. But you can actually tell they took no pleasure in doing this. Uh, You know, they did what they had to do, but they weren't happy about killing this poor kid. One star, total squash. They ended with the fallout. It was just a complete destroying of Kobe. Actually, the more Kobe really started to remind me of like the one, two, three kid before he started winning matches. where He was just like this skinny guy that was just getting destroyed every week. And that's pretty much what we're seeing from Kobe. I mean, the kid's probably 130 pounds soaking wet. Okay, uh, our next match. Well, before our next match... Cedric Alexander comes out and challenges Moose. And then we have our match as Moose answers the challenge. Moose versus Cedric Alexander. As you know, Cedric Alexander has been a slow heel turn for him as he continues to lose match after match after match. Moose, of course, undefeated. Their story, of course, is the Vita Scott and him seem to not be on the same page. Neither is uh, Stokely, his other manager, so... There's been a lot of tension going on with Moose. Let's see what happens here. Now, I got to say, watching this match, Cedric is giving Moose more trouble than anyone I've seen thus far. But then he gets hit with that pop-up lariat. Uh, Moose covers, but Cedric kicks out. They start trading strikes. And then Cedric does that thing where he gets him in the corner, starts hitting the running drop kicks. He hits four of them. Moose tells him, come on. So Cedric Alexander hits another two of the running drop kicks. Then when he's on number seven, Moose spears him. But both men are down as he can't cover right away. Vita Scott slides in a wrench from under the ring to Moose, uh, but he doesn't want it. He's yelling at her that you know he doesn't need this to win. Alexander grabs it from his hand and clocks Moose with it. One, two, three. The winning streak of Moose is over. Two and a half stars. Very good match with a shocking ending. Cedric really, really, this is a very competitive match. Uh, Moose is very slowly improving. This guy's been in the business a year. And I got to tell you, in a year, he's much better than a lot of guys you'll see around wrestling that have much more time than he does. And uh, he's getting better. His matches are getting better. He seems a lot less clunky in there and this was a good one and again like I said a shocking ending never thought in a million years Cedric Alexander would win this match the slow heel turn continues for Cedric Alexander our next match Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tetsuya Naito team up to face ACH and Matt Seidel they're really pushing this team of ACH and Matt Seidel lately Uh, we'll see how far that goes they're really doing well in this match against really a New Japan super team. If you think about it, uh, after a while, match starts to even out a bit. Naito hits the sink shot basement drop kick in the corner. He's looking for a super uh, superplex, but Ichigek sends him to the mat and connects with uh, the double stomp to the back. Later, Sidel snaps off a Hurricane Rana from a top rope sitting naito. He gets a near fall on that. Uh, then we get ACH hitting a bridging German for a two count on Tanahashi. Tanahashi comes back. He gets a Texas Cloverleaf on ACH. Looks like it could be over, but Seidel uh, saves him with a jumping knee strike. Uh, naito after uh, hitting a tornado DDT on Sidel, but then eats an Enziguri from ACH. He goes for a 450, but Tana gets his knees up. Tanahashi hits the sling blade. High fly flow. Tanahashi pins ACH. Great match. Three stars. Uh, These guys worked really hard. All four of them, ACH and Matt Seidel, are growing into superstars right in front of your eyes if you're watching them. It's just a pleasure to watch these two guys in the ring. And of course, Tanahashi, who looks. Like, uh, all the time, you know, well, it's not been time off, but it's been, uh, I guess you could say, almost kind of a part-time work where he's not really been put in main event matches. And it seems to be helping because I noticed during this tour, he fought a couple of big matches and really looked good in them. And Naito's Naito, uh, he's, you know, that upper, upper mid-card guy, just just under main event status in New Japan. You know, this was a, a very good match all the way around. And then we get a contract signing. and I hate contract signings. I think I've spoken about this before. I, I never understand this. You know, if you're going to do a contract signing, then why aren't we privy to every contract signing? You know, why do we only see contract signings on certain matches? So I, it's contrived, and I don't buy it. It's just another cheap way to push an angle. You know, old, tired way of pushing an angle. It's the same things. Nobody ever comes up with anything different. But be that as it may, this one wasn't annoying me that much because no punches were thrown. Both men signed a contract. They cut promos on each other. They stood face-to-face. Drawed a lot as the show comes to a close. I'm hyped for this match. I've gone on record as saying I felt Delito would win this, but... I feel almost like every day I switch back. I think Briscoe's going to win. I think Lethal's going to win. So it's they have done a great job building this. Now, did Jay Lethal win this match? Stay tuned for a little bit longer. Because as I said, that's our main event. But before we get there, we're going to talk about Lucha Underground. Episode 34. Uh, I have been waiting all week for this show. The one hour... All night long is what they call it, but basically it's an Iron Man match between Johnny Mundo and Prince Puma and at stake the Lucha Underground Championship. As you can imagine, uh, this was a chess match early, a lot of countering and wrestling and switches and what have you. First big spot in match was a corkscrew suicide dive by Puma on Johnny out on the floor. Uh, After the break, we get a clock showing us that there's 33 minutes left of the match. Shortly after that, Puma hits a flying cradle and pins Mundo out of nowhere to take a 1-0 lead. Match continues. Puma wants to pin a standing moonsault, but Johnny kicks out. Johnny, throughout the early part of this match, really seemed to be focusing his attack on the arm of the champ. They're, They're batting in the corner, and Johnny... Kind of grabs him in a reverse cradle in the corner. And the ref doesn't see him grabbing the ropes. He counts the three. And we are tied at one. And the match continues. Uh, Johnny pulls out a small wooden box from under the ring. What this wooden box was doing there? Lord only knows. Puma winds up hitting a Michinoku driver on him through the box. And the box just explodes into like a gazillion, like, you know, splinters. A little while after, Johnny winds up grabbing a crowbar from under there, and uh, he just cracks Puma right across the head with the crowbar, rolls him in the ring and pins him. Mundo leads 2-1. Mundo then hits the moonlight drive, pins him again. 3-1 Johnny Mundo. Mundo then hits a flying chuck followed by like fin de Mundo and yes gets yet another fall Johnny Mundo now leading four to one Puma looks completely out uh, Johnny now of course has the heel must be cocky and he acts for some water and he stands there drinking water while Mundo is barely conscious in the ring but the break actually helps Puma who tries to get, you know, try to fight back. He winds up hitting a DDT. Uh, but Mundo hits a reverse neck breaker on the apron. That really looked bad. Uh, and I say bad, I mean bad for Puma as far as that must have hurt like hell. Then he pulls out a ladder from under the ring. And we get another clock update now saying there are 20 minutes left. Mundo goes out and starts setting up tables, sets up two tables, has the ladder, and looks like he's planning to jump from the balcony and put Prince Puma through the tables. But Puma gets up, scales the wall to where Johnny is, and now they start brawling through the crowd. Puma winds up laying them out in the stands. He goes back down, leaving Johnny laid out up there, and Gets another two tables, which he places on top of the first two tables. He winds up going back into the stands. And then tries to hook Johnny Mundo to superplex him through all four of these tables. But he gets kicked in the face. He crashes all the way down to the floor, missing the tables. but still taking a hard bump. Now Mundo goes up to the band stage, where the band plays. He's about... 13 and a half minutes left. He tells the band to play a song as Johnny is looking to run out the clock. Puma somehow fights his way up there. He nails Mundo with a guitar painted in Mexican colors. Johnny is busted open. Then Prince Puma waits and spears Mundo off the band stage and through the four tables below. Crowd is going completely haywire for this spot. Puma drags, literally drags an unconscious Johnny Mundo to the ring. Finally gets him back in and covers for the three count. But Johnny Mundo still leads this one, four to two. Now they're, both guys are really tired. They start trading shots after shots after shots. Puma hits a fireman carry into a kick to the face. And then follows that by... One of the more sloppy copter bombs he's done. But it's enough to get the fall. And it's now Johnny Mundo 4, Prince Puma 3. Mundo is now in all-out run-out-the-clock mode. Running around outside, jumping into the stands. Anything he can do to keep away until time expires. Puma finally catches him in the ring with an enziguri. Why did Mundo ever run into the ring? Who knows? But he goes up and misses a phoenix splash. Puma is down in the ring. Mundo has climbed up the stairs as uh, the clock is ticking and it looks bad for Puma. And then out of nowhere, Alberto, Alpatrone runs out, attacks Mundo. Patron kicks him right down the stairs. Starts hurling him into walls, into desks, whatever he can do. Clock update shows us there is less than five minutes left. He rolls Mundo into the ring. Puma hits a springboard four-fifty splash, and ties it up at four. Crowd is completely, completely bananas. As you know, the the crowd is kind of split with Mundo and Puma, but they definitely all love uh, Alberto Alpatron, and they those was a hero's welcome for him as he destroys Mundo here. Great, great moment. Alberto wants to grabbing a mic. He tells both men, basically, whoever wins, get ready, because he's coming for the title. You get, like, five two-counts in, like, 30 seconds for both men. Uh, then Mundo hits a standing Spanish fly for a near four. Clock update tells us there's two minutes left. Puma winds up landing a and drop kick with seconds to go. Climbs up the rope slowly. Hits the 6.30. Gets the pin with five seconds to go. Time runs out. Prince Puma wins five falls to four and retains the Lucha Underground Championship. What an insane match. Four stars. Yeah, it was a spot fest and some of it really seemed unnecessary, but that's what you're going to get with Lucha Underground and uh, you should expect that. And still, well done. Johnny Mundo's a great performer. Puma's amazing. Uh, using the heat from Alberto, all great booking ideas. And again, that's the show, one match, one show, that's how it was booked. It went all night long, Prince Puma retains, uh, fantastic, fantastic match. Another winning episode of Lucha Underground. Uh, before we get to Ring of Honor, Best in the World, sadly, I have to pause, you know, when our last show we reported the passing of Dusty Rhodes. And unfortunately, just a couple of days ago, Tommy Rogers, the Fantastics, passed away uh, in his 50s. Uh, I think it was 53. I'm not positive. Uh, Tommy Rogers, of course, the tag team partner with Bobby Fulton. They kind of were seen as a replacement for the fabulous ones in the Mid-South. And they didn't really get over there. But they moved around to a couple of other areas in the continental USA and uh, did get over quite well. And they even had a stint in WCW for a while. And uh, I always thought they were undersized but good workers, good tag team uh, wrestlers. Shame to see his passing. And if that's not enough, a guy maybe some of you are not familiar with, Nature Boy, Buddy Landau. Called by many the third Nature Boy. Of course, after, uh, uh, you know, Flair being the second and probably the most popular, uh, Buddy Landell viewed as a Ric Flair wannabe, a Ric Flair uh, copycat, what have you. We had the same hairstyle, a lot of the same mannerisms, figure for a leg lock, cut very same type of promos. And I always thought that did a disservice to Buddy Landell because the little I seen of him, he was a fine worker. There was a time when it looked like his star was starting to rise. And unfortunately, injuries uh, prevented that from ever happening. And he has passed away also, I believe, at the age of 53. Uh, No details on how he passed. But uh, still very sad to see guys that, as a young man, uh, I watched in the ring and uh, enjoyed and to see them passing, in my opinion, of course, I'm not that far removed from 52 years old. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, very young, uh, way too young uh, to, uh, to no longer be with us. And it's a sad, very sad week to see uh, these three men, Dusty, Tommy, and Buddy, uh, all gone from our world of professional wrestling. Uh, And I share it with you fans and and with the performers themselves. I I share, uh, it's kind of a a brotherhood. And uh, we're all part of it. And once any of our brothers ever leave us, it's a sad time. So rest in peace, guys. Okay, we're on to Ring of Honor, Best in the World 2015. This took place on Friday night, June 19th. Wow, let's just get into the show, because this was some show. There's an opening hype video that was just off the charts. And it worked, because I was so hyped to get to this main event. Like, I had to really fight myself to not just fast forward to the main event. I mean, there was other great matches on this card. They've done such an incredible job of building this match. I just really wanted to see it happen already. But we'll start from the beginning, as I did when I watched it. And the opening match, well, we get kind of a, a prequel in a way, as we get Donovan DiJack of the House of Truth facing Mark Briscoe, who is sickened by ODB. Of course, Donovan sickened by Truth Martini. Back and forth early on, DiJack takes control for a bit. Uh, ODB, Truth Martini tries to get involved, but fails, but ODB goes up grabbing his book. Destroying the cover of it, and Mark was defending a blockbuster out on the floor on Die Jack. Matt moves on Die Jack, defending a nice springboard cross body. Then goes for feast your eyes, but somehow Mark blocks it, hits a brainbuster, goes up and nails Froggy Bow for the clean win. Two stars, good solid opener. You know, was this, uh, you know, a hint of what's to come? Watching you know, a Briscoe's hand raised against one of Truth Martini's men. We're going to get a video package for the Adam Page ACH field, which I have felt has been very under, undersung. What a good job they're really doing with this Page ACH. I think both guys have been cutting great promos. I think both guys are doing some of their best in-ring work right now. Of course, this will be a tag team match of the decade which is a BJ and Adam will face ACH and Matt Seidel. Uh, early on, Seidel suffers what looks to be a knee injury which the decade target for a while. Paige later catches ACH with that shooting star shoulder tackle. It's a really nice move. I just think it's one of those moves that it's like unnecessary. Like, you know, why would you do this? But it looks cool. It really starts to get crazy at one point. Seidel hits a shooting star on Adam, but Kobe pulls uh, Paige under the ropes and out the ring. ACH then does a sick shooting star suicide dive out onto both of them, with the crowd popped heavy for. Uh, but Whitmer ends up stopping their double-team finisher. Adam Page hits the rights of passage on Seidel. And gets the win. And Adam Page continues to win matches. Uh, Two and a half stars. Wasn't very long. But it was very good. Next. Dalton Castle versus Silas Young. This should be fun. Uh, The crowd loves Dalton Castle. I've talked about this before. It just shows you where we are. As society. To see a guy like Dalton Castle. Cheered. You would never see him cheered. 10, 15, 20 years ago But in today's society It's okay to be a little Flamboyant if you will You know You're not just a heel for being that way After some initial success With his unique style Sidon starts to take over And is really beating him down Castle comes back It's a textbook T-Bone Suplex Uh, They go back and forth Sidon's DDT Castle Into the bottom turnbuckle Nice move he goes to Misery, but Castle counters that into a deadlift, bridging German suplex, which the crowd always pops for. He got a two count on that. Uh, Castle climbs the ropes, but Young pushes the ref into the ropes, causing Dalton to crotch himself. Sidus covers, but referee Todd doesn't want to count because he realizes that you know, this happened by him shoving him into the ropes, which caused this. Sidus gets up into his face. Uh, Pie faces the referee. I thought we might see a disqualification here, but Dalton winds up hitting a low blow out of the view of uh, Todd, and he winds up rolling him up as a schoolboy for the victory. Two stars. I wasn't overjoyed that finish, but a decent match. There were some funny spots with uh, Dalton's boys and their fans, as the fans at one point (laughs) were chanting, Fan up. For the fanning guys. Uh, good good stuff. The crowd is in exceptionally good mood for this so far. After the match. Sidus does hit Misery on one of the boys. Which pisses Dalton off. And uh, Sidus heads to the back. Our next match. War Machine. Versus the return. Of C&C Wrestle Factory. Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. Of course this is coming off. The heels of Cedric's huge upset win over Moose. And at the bell, it's all C and C. But there's a mistake early where Coleman accidentally hits Cedric with her That changes momentum quickly. War Machine starts keeping the heat on Coleman. Cedric, while this is happening, goes under the ring. Sneakily grabs another one of those wrenches from there. And stands on the apron trying to get a tag. Caprice finally gets a chance to make the tag, but he sees the wrench and refuses to tag against Cedric if he's going to cheat. A woman she grabs it from behind, they hit fallout, easy three count. After the match, Cedric is standing with the wrench menacingly over the body of Caprice Coleman, but then he puts it away and he tells Caprice that this team is done. And thus the heel turn of Cedric Alexander continues even more slowly. Give the match one and a half stars,' really just a slight uh, smidgen over a squash really as uh, Warmerhy continues us to run roughshod. And then we get uh, where the matches start to get really good here. Uh, we get Rodney Strong versus Michael Elgin versus Moose and a number one contenders match. Now all along, I thought Roddy could win this, but I'm not so sure now. Um, if you know, I'm starting to wonder if you know being at Moose's loss was, was at a loss before giving him the double contendership. So now I started to think that Moose could win this, and of course Michael Elgin's story's been ongoing for a while. You know, maybe it's Elgin. So I did come into this really think he's strong, but I was as this match started, I, I wasn't really sure, and it was a wild start to the match, Moose. Hits the Stardust elbow, uh, you know, moves which gets a Dusty chant going. It was a nice moment. Uh, but Elgin really taking control here, basically beating both men up. But uh, at one point Roddy gets hot. He gets both men in opposite corners and hits jumping knee strikes on both of them. Wow, those jumping knee strikes on Roddy are just, just really devastating moves. Uh, Roddy hits a top rope superplex on Elgin. Runs across and does one to Moose as well. He covers for two. Uh, Moose hits a pop up clothesline on Roddy. Elgin then hits a Hurricane runner off the top on Roddy while landing on Moose for a near fall. Elgin does the buckle bomb on Moose but he pounces out of there with a spear. He covers. The Strong breaks up the count at two. Elgin then hits a Double power bomb on Moose. He goes to the Elgin Bomb. But catches a sick kick from Roddy. He follows that with a strong breaker. Then he hits Moose with two jumping knees. And a sick kick. He pins Moose. And is now the number one contender. Three stars. Great match. A very, very great match. This Roddy is just on a different level right now. I just... It's very rare to see a guy wrestle, and thus, every time you see him, this guy just refuses to be in anything less than a great match. I can't remember the last Roderick straw match that I've seen that wasn't at least three stars. After the match, Vita is very pissed off. She snaps Moose a couple of times. He's about to spear her, but then he and Stokely get yelled, uh, laid out by the wrench-wielding Cedric Alexander. He hands the wrench to Vita as they leave the ringside area together. So it looks like Vita will be the new manager of Cedric Alexander. And the heel turn is finally complete. Our next match, the Kingdom versus the Bullet Club. Now, they did this match during the War of the Worlds. So this is a uh, replay. This was so much going on here. When I say Bullet Club, of course, it's AJ Styles. And the Young Bucks, and of course the kingdom being Adam Cole, Michael Bennett, and Matt Taven. And as I said, there was just too much happening to take a lot of notes on this match. And I was just was really enjoying uh, the fantastic action. In the beginning, it's pretty much all Bullet Club. Uh, Cole does drop Matt across the edge of the apron. It was good a chance to go on offense a while. But soon enough, Bullet Club gets back in the uh, and control. As uh, AJ gets a near fall on Cole. A little later, Cole comes back, hits a destroyer on AJ, but eats a double super kick from the Young Bucks. The club are hitting a double Indy taker on Bennett and Taven. Maria tries to get involved, and takes a double super kick, pay, and a Pele kick combo for her trouble. I love, they did this spot last show. I loved it. They did it just touch to Maria. Uh, Maria's been taking a lot of bumps lately. Uh, so that, that's good for her. She wasn't really a bump taker before. But uh, she's been taking a lot with this few with the Bullet Club. And this is just crazy. I mean, the fans can't. I, I was exhausted watching this, and uh, the fans had to be exhausted watching this as well. It was just non stop craziness. AJ wants to paint the bloody Sunday on Cole, but he kicks out. And then Cole just basically goes crazy. It's he's alone, Ben and a table, nowhere to be seen, and he basically takes out all three members of the Buddha Club by himself. But he can't get the win. He can't get the pin. And in the end, it's just too much, as it's basically three on one. An indie taker, on Cole, followed by a Styles Clash puts an end to it. Three and a half stars. Not as good as that match that won the Worlds, but still a great match. And best match on this show up to this point. These two teams just really work well together. I'd like to see a third one. I'd like to see the Kingdom versus Bullet Club one more time. It's a tiebreaker. We got a hype video for the Addiction versus Red Dragon. That's okay. I kind of seen most of this already shown on TV, so. Nothing really special with the video, but uh, it was there, I guess, to help fans who haven't been watching the television show. And uh, this is, of course, for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles, formerly held by Red Dragon, now in the possession of the addiction. This is a back-and-forth slugfest. Of course, there's no disqualification here, so all kinds of weapons and stuff. A ladder was introduced. Uh, At one point, Bobby Fitz is wound up taped up to the middle rope. While the champs beat on Kyle. They're looking to put him through like a steel barrier over two chairs. he fights back. Uh, then Daniels goes to a BME and gets caught in a triangle chokehold. Kaz wants to breaking the hold with a stiff chair shot on Kyle. Things look bad, but Bobby finally frees himself. Kazarian gets the exploder suplex right on top of the ladder. Uh... Then they hit chasing the dragon on a chair. But Chris Shabin shows up and pulls the ref out of the ring. I usually hate that spot of pulling the ref out of the ring. But this is no DQ. So it's fine. But you know, any other time I see this, I always say, you put your hand to the ref and drag them out the ring. How is this not a DQ? But this match is no DQ. So in this case, I don't mind that spot of pulling the ref out. They hit a low blow to Bobby Fish. Again, right in front of the referee, not much you can do about it. Then they hit celebrity rehab and the chaps retained their titles. I don't know. Um, it was good. It was also a bit of a mess. Definitely not one of Red dragons better matches. I gave it three stars. Overall, it was a lot of near falls and a lot of action. Uh, but I actually hoped for a little bit more from this. We get a video another video package hyping the main event. And finally, here it is: Jay Briscoe versus Jay Lethal, title versus title. So very. There are some technical difficulties early on in the match. A couple of times where the signal goes out. Uh, so I'm not going to get into too much about what happened. It, it was a very even match uh, throughout the early going. Uh, and later on in the match, Lethal goes for a lethal injection. Briscoe turns it into a full Nelson slam, gets a two count. Lethal later connects with a Lethal combination, gets a two count. Uh, then Lethal blocks a superplex, sends Briscoe crafting to the mat, hits Hail to the King, then locks on a Koji clutch. Briscoe is able to get his foot to the rope to the break. They continue the battle. They wind up on the apron, and uh, they tease a Jay Driller through Timekeeper's table. But Truth Martini jumps on the apron, distracting the referee as Jay hits a low blow. Nigel runs over, jumps on the apron, yelling at Truth, tosses him from ringside. Now, Briscoe does hit the Jay Driller through the table. Uh, Briscoe throws him in the ring and covers, but Lethal kicks out. Wow, talk about killing a guy's finisher. I mean, he hits his finisher through a table to the cement floor. Uh, that should be a finish. But it wasn't. Uh, lethal wants not coming back. He hits a super kick. Goes for the Lethal injection. But Brisco uh, evades it. Hits a roaring elbow. He covers. But Lethal again kicks out. Hits a devastating short arm clothesline. But again, Lethal beats the, the count of three. Uh, we see Lethal's parents. They're going crazy. Uh, Briscoe's parents are there as well Ruining their son on Uh, Then Jay out of nowhere Hits a springboard cutter Uh, Take a look at that That's the way it's done Not that mess that you try Uh, Followed by a lethal injection And Briscoe kicks out at two Nobody can believe it I couldn't believe it Lethal This looks more determined than ever Hits a Jay Driller then hits another Lethal Injection. Finally, it is over. Jay Lethal defeats Briscoe. Clean. Center of the ring. 4.5 stars. Outstanding match. Really, really outstanding match. I thought about this match of the year, and I still feel the two New Japan matches that I have at the top of my list for better than this. But this probably will get some votes. Jay Leto deserves this, and this is a great moment in this business. And, you know, I wrote that comment down as I was watching the match. And afterwards, the crowd started chanting, you deserve this as the show went off the air. So I'm glad I wasn't the only one that felt that way. So Jay Leto, the new Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. And as I've said, if you've watched Ring of Honor for the last few months, like I have, uh, who in the business right now is better than Jay Leto in the ring, on the on the mic, uh, everything, uh, the whole package. Jay Lethal has it all right now, and uh, you know you could argue guys like uh, AJ may be better in the ring. Uh, you know uh, Daniel Bryan when he wrestles uh, might be better in the ring. Uh, you know there's other guys that are good out there. Seth Rollins, uh, Brock Lesnar, with his whole charisma and everything, There's an amazing thing that's going on right now, but. I just really got to say, you watch J. Lethal, it's hard to argue against. He is the all round package in the sport right now. The right guy to hold the Ring of Honor World Title. As for the show, it was slightly underwhelming, lower card. But the feature matches all delivered. Overall, a great show. Uh, this is definitely a show. Guys, if you're hearing this, check this show out. You will not be disappointed at all. And usually I'll tell you if it's only, eh, you know, the show has one good match on it. The rest is missable. You know, I'll tell you that. I, I'll never not tell you my honest opinion. This is a show that you guys should try to get hold of. This was a monumental show with a huge, huge, they're calling it the biggest match of Ring of Honor history. I don't know if that's true, but it definitely is one of them. It definitely is one of the biggest matches of Ring of Honor history, and it delivered. And so this is definitely a card, best in the world, 2015. You get a chance, uh, check this show out. And thank you for checking our show out. And that's all for this week. Not sure what's in the cards for us next week. Of course, we'll be back with more Ring of Honor Television. We'll be back with another episode of the Amazing Lucha Underground, and uh, hopefully we'll have something else to throw in there. Um, we'll see. We'll see what we find. On the indie scene. That I can watch and review for you guys. Uh, But until that time. Once again thanks for listening. And bye bye.